Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. And now, here's your hosts, Noah and Bjorn. Well, welcome to The Sweat Room, everybody. We're so glad that you're here and you've stopped by to listen today. Just as a reminder, if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review, that would definitely help us out and help others able to listen to um, and make sure you pay attention for next week as well as we interview Dalton Reisner, uh, bringing in Broncos country a little bit. He's the offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. But let's focus on today. Bjorn, who is joining the sweat room today? Today, we have the Buffalo Bills long snapper and Captain Reed Ferguson with us. Today, we want to welcome to the sweat room, Reed Ferguson. He's originally from Georgia. He's the oldest of two boys in his family. His youngest brother was just drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And he's an NFL long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. And he graduated from LSU in 2015. And to round things out, most importantly, he's going to be getting married this summer to his fiance. So welcome to the sweat room, Reed. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Reed. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to start off by just asking a simple question. What are some of your hobbies, uh, you know, maybe outside of playing football? As we know, that's what you love to do. What are some of your hobbies? Yeah, so I think the main one uh, would be probably I like to travel. Uh, So I try to take uh, just after football season, try to take like one one big trip um, every year just to kind of decompress after the season's over. Uh, last year, I went to London for a week with my dad, caught some soccer games over there. And this year, went to Israel on a study trip of the Holy Land with my fiance. Um, and we were over there for about 10 days. So that was awesome. But uh, the not awesome part of it was we came home the day before the lockdown. So uh, oh, wow. I, guess, yeah. I guess depending on how you look at it, it was awesome that we got out of there in time. Because uh, we were very close to uh, having to be quarantined over there. I think we were – our flight uh, out of Tel Aviv to Istanbul before we came back to the States was one of the last flights out of Tel Aviv that day. So, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. That would have been a different story these last three months if you guys were over there still. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it would have been at least two weeks, and then who knows how long after that, whether they would have let us come home or not, you know. So, anyway, would have been a crazy time. Cool, cool. Man, are, there any, are there any sports that you enjoy besides football, obviously? Yes, huge soccer fan. Um, oh, let's go. Play, love me to play some FIFA. <laughs> um, best in the league. I want to uh, just go ahead and claim that position. Uh, my claim to fame is that I have beaten Reggie Bush multiple times at FIFA. Wow. I want that to be known. Would he uh, say the same? Would he uh, say that you beat him? He would probably say, who's Reed Ferguson? <laughs> um, which is fair because it was, you know, four or five years ago. Um, but that's okay. Nobody's worried about that. <laughs> but, yeah, soccer, I'm, I'm ba- soccer and baseball are kind of my two – I, w- I mean, I love watching them, and I would almost call them hobbies just because I love reading about both sports. I love wa- – I watch as much as I can. I do, like, fantasy teams for both sports, so I'm pretty involved in – and, I mean, it, it, you do – I mean, you guys might know, but uh, for anybody that plays fantasy, it gives you a 
um, an excuse to watch games that you wouldn't otherwise be watching. Right. Yeah, so sure. if they're, you know, so, if baseball game, you know, I'm, I, I find myself, you know, last year I might be watching, you know, the Texas Rangers and the Oakland athletics at 1030 at night. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know why I'm watching this game, but I've got, a, <laughs> I've got the first baseman playing on my fantasy team. So uh, anyway, that's part of the fun for me, but yeah, cool. So a couple, a couple follow questions to that. Is there anybody on the bills team right now that you play FIFA with? Um, not, well, I get, uh, Tyler Bass, the new kicker, him okay. and, uh, Vedvik, Corey Vedvik, the punter, uh, they, we've, we've kicked a little bit, uh, since they're pretty close to me in Atlanta, uh, Corey's in Birmingham. So he drives over and then Tyler's in Columbia, South Carolina. So he's a couple hours away too. So we've been able to meet up in Atlanta a couple times, uh, since the draft, and then I'd have them over for dinner or whatever that on, on Saturday nights. So we'd get some FIFA games in, but cool. uh, yet, yet to lose. So <laughs> good, good. That's awesome. So transitioning to Buffalo, what's your favorite thing about Buffalo and then favorite pizza and wings place? Favorite thing about Buffalo is probably, I mean, the, the fans are awesome. The people are great, but the food is so good. You can't go wrong. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it don't I? I don't really go to a lot of chain places up there. Well, I mean, really, they're they're you know, I mean, a lot of them are are non-existent because there's so many mom and pop places around. True. Um, True. And I think that's one of the that's one of the great things about Buffalo is it's such a tight knit community. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And Wingfest can't forget about Wingfest. That's one of my favorite events all year. I, you gotta love Wingfest. <laughs> yeah, sad not to have it this year. I know. It's my favorite holiday. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, is, there, is there something that you love about Buffalo now that maybe you didn't expect to when you originally got the call saying you were going to Buffalo and that kind of thing? Um, does traffic count? Because the Absolutely. lack of traffic oh, yeah. is phenomenal up there compared to where I'm at in the off season down here in Atlanta, where there's traffic everywhere you drive. So, uh, traffic, the lack of traffic is great. I would say the accessibility to, like on a, I guess on a more serious note, the accessibility to, uh, other big cities around like Pittsburgh's three hours, uh, Cleveland's two and a half. You know, if you want to go to Toronto, it's hour 45, two hours away. Um, and then, you know, a place like if you want to go to New York City, like last year I went to a Yankees game, you know, it's like a 50-minute flight. So it's pretty pretty accessible to to other other cities up, up in that direction, which I'm a fan of. And now yeah, do you cool. like the snow? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I – and I take it with a grain of salt because I'm not up there. Uh, no pun intended, grain of salt. Because um, <laughs> I'm not up there year-round. Uh, kind of when the, the big snow months are in January, February, but uh, I do like it. I don't mind it. I grew up with, you know, in Atlanta and Georgia and I went to school in Louisiana. So clearly I'm not, I didn't grow up with a huge history of, of cold weather and snow. Sure. Um, I think I played two cold games my whole college career. They were both at Arkansas. So, oh, <laughs> uh, and then come up to Buffalo is a little bit of an adjustment, but I, I like it. Um, it's something, you know, it's just something different. It's part of, part of, uh, just 
you know, playing in Buffalo, you've got to, you've got to learn how to deal with it. And I, I like it. So no good totally. place for me. Yeah. So kind of transitioning a little more towards your faith aspect. What does it mean for you to be a Christian? Um, and kind of just, yeah, tell, tell a little bit, everyone a little about your journey. Okay. So, um, grew up, uh, mostly in Baptist church. Uh, well, I say mostly all, all in the Baptist church, uh, was baptized when I was 12. Um, you know, go to church every Sunday. That was, that was the kind of thing we did. I did, um, I don't know how many people will be familiar with it, but, uh, like Awanas, like the kids, oh yeah, um, kids program when you're growing up, when you're you sure. know, going through elementary school and middle school and stuff. So, uh, did Awanas for a long time, kind of built up that, you know, a good, good friend group uh, in, in the church that I was at. And then once I was, uh, once I did my freshman year at, uh, Milton high school, uh, we moved across Atlanta, um, about an hour away and I kind of had to, uh, we, we started going to a new church. I had to, you know, kind of didn't really get a chance to build up a new friend group. So then I kind of, um, started, going, uh, I started building a friend group through the school, through our FCA program. Um, mm. and that was kind of, kind of what I used since I didn't have the, uh, the church friend group. I kind of started leaning, leaning a lot into the friend group that I had through FCA at school. Um, and then that kind of catapulted me, uh, into when I got to school at LSU. Um, I will admit you know, my first probably year and a half to two years, um, I didn't go to church as much as I should have. I kind of fell into the peer pressure trap, you know, mm. whatever, you know, you, you can, everybody's got their own, uh, you know, their own example of it, but, um, sure. you know, kind of, kind of, kind of just fell not into a bad place. I just wasn't, um, I just wasn't being as obedient to the word as, as I should have, and as I, and, and the way I was raised to, you know, growing up and how I, how I had done it, uh, kind of over the years throughout high school, kind of building that friend group, like I talked about. So, uh, kind of latter part of my sophomore year. And then throughout my junior and senior year, I got a little involved in the FCA program down there. Um, started, you know, going back to church as much as I could. And then, um, and let's see in 15 or the end of the 15 season was my last season. So I came out, Came out in 16, um, joined the Bills, spent the offseason, uh, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but uh, no, spent the offseason with them, got cut, um, spent two months at home, and that was kind of a really tough part of my life. Uh, well, not, I mean, I said I haven't really gone through, a, you know, a, a super, super hard times, whatever, but um, – mm -hmm. Just, just for me personally, that was kind of one of the hardest moments of my life just because sure. I was dealing with um, kind of a feeling of, of, ex of not being accepted. Uh, I felt like I wasn't good enough. You know, just the typical, I mean, there's thousands of stories of guys getting cut and they'll tell you the same thing. They don't feel good enough. They don't feel like they can play at this level. Um, but I, I, I kind of wanted to be different. I knew that I, I know I play a different position. I'm not like, you know, everybody else, you know, I know that I'm good enough to play in this league and I know a huge part of getting a job 
uh, at this position and as a specialist in general, a huge part of the job is timing. And I just knew that, you know, my time would come, um, whether that was with Buffalo or somebody else. I actually had a tryout when I got cut with Seattle. Uh, that didn't work wow. out. So I knew that, you know, I knew that, that I was good enough because I knew that I was, I was, you know, on the map and getting some calls from, from different, uh, different teams. So I uh, spent two months at home um, working out, kind of working odd jobs. I was walking dogs. And I'm really getting off on a tangent here. Uh, you know, I kind of just decided that that if I was going to get through this time, knowing that I was good enough, I would, you know, I was going to lean into my parents because they, I was living at home and they were, you know, mm. the ones that were super supportive of me. But also I took it upon myself just to, start building my prayer life. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the game changer, I guess, or the X factor for what I believe helped me through those two months and through that time. And then, um, in November, uh, I got the call back, uh, was on the practice squad through the end of the season in Buffalo. And then they signed me, um, to what they call futures contracts, like a two year deal, um, just to kind of bring you back and compete for a spot the next year. Um, so I got signed on the futures deal. And then that, that, uh, that late, I think late that February, uh, they cut the other snapper and I was the only guy on the roster and, and have been ever since. So, wow. um, just kind of, you know, and, and fortunate to be in my position. I never take it for granted. I, you know, I'm, I, I work all the time. Like it can be taken away from me because I know that it can and I know how hard it is to get to mm-hmm. my position. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, I know I went long there, but that's kind of a little summation of, of kind of the past uh, 10 years, I guess, of my life and kind of, um, kind of what, what, what's been going on. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I, you know, like you said, it's a summation of the past 10 years. There's a lot that has happened to you, you know, in you and in all aspects of life over the past 10 years. So you know, there's a lot to cover there. Um, I'd like to go back to a little bit of, of your, your college days. And you talked about some of the role that FCA played, um, in your later years there. Um, I guess it was there, you know, why did you, you know, why did you seek out FCA? Why did you try to get involved more? Talk to those people and what made you, um, sort of, as you said it, like sort of step away from, um, some of the maybe quote unquote bad things that maybe you were getting involved with beforehand. Uh, yeah, I just knew I was, I was, uh, the friend group that I was kind of hanging around wasn't, uh, I started to realize, you know, and kind of backing up a little bit when you're 17, cause I went to college when I was 17, I went a semester early, uh, when you're 17, yeah. 18, you know, 18, 19 years old, that is a super impressionable part of your life. I don't Absolutely. care who you are. Um, so, you know, a lot, you know, it's, it's very hard for people of that age to not care what other people think of them. Uh, and, and, you know, especially going to a big college like that, you're playing big time college football. You know, I was very aware of my surroundings and, and, and kind of, uh, I don't know, try to say this the right way. Uh, very, very just, uh, I kind of just wanted to take it all in and I didn't want to miss things. You know, I was going to parties and stuff and, 
you know, I, I didn't want to be the guy that was left out. I kind of wanted to be included in everything, you know, whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, as I, as I kind of started maturing a little bit, I realized that that was not the, you know, that was not who I am. That was not who I wanted to be. And I was kind of forcing myself to, um, to form into this person that, that was, that wanted, I just wanted to please other people. And, and, mm -hmm. and like I said, growing up, that was not who I raised, I was raised to be. That was not, and, and I knew that who, that's not who I wanted to be. I wanted to be my own person. I'm not, you know, I'm not that guy. So, um, simply put, I mean, I, I kind of just, I mean, I kind of did cold Turkey. I just kind of talk, stopped talking to a lot of those people. And, wow. um, and I just kind of flipped around mm -hmm. and started going back. You know, I started going to church as much as I could, uh, get involved in FCA just cause I felt like those were like-minded people that, uh, that were sharing the same journey as I was, you know, mm -hmm. other student athletes and, and, uh, people in kind of in my closer community. So that's kind of why, why I got involved. Uh, sure. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and as, as you're talking, I'm reminded of a verse and, um, this is something that I've been reminded of. And, and my, you know, my faith story, my testimony is very similar to yours. And, you know, I, I played sports in college too. So I, I understand what you're talking about. And Proverbs 22, six says, uh, start, start children off the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And I know, yeah. you know, for me, like my parents, you know, they were my biggest role models and still are to this day. Um, and they've taught me, you know, just about everything I know. Um, and as I hear you talking, I hear a lot of those same things with you as far as, you know, your parents raised you the way that they thought was best. And when it came, you know, when it came down to crunch time, you know, colleges make it or break it for a lot of kids. Because right. you said 17, 18, it's an impressionable time. Uh, and it, you know, it's, it, it's awesome to hear your story about how you got to a point and you were maturing and you realized that mm, maybe this isn't the path I want to go, or, or maybe there's something bigger or better out there for me. Um, and so I love that you were able to sort of, you know, self-reflect and, and be able to make those decisions to, to go a separate way. And especially being at LSU, like I, I've seen videos and I, I obviously you have the experience, but SEC football, you're put on a pedestal, especially at LSU. Exactly right. You felt the pressure of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Spot on. Yeah. So to, to follow up with this, has there been, um, has there been a Bible verse, um, either a favorite of yours or just a Bible verse that has been impactful to you over, over your time? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, and, and like I kind of, we kind of talked about before the call, uh, there's a couple that I kind of, uh, that I kind of have, you know, stuffed away as kind of my favorites, I guess. But, uh, in terms of my story and kind of what I was talking about, um, with the, with when I got cut and, and that time when I was waiting to get picked back up, um, talking about prayer, uh, Romans 12, 12, uh, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Um, and that's kind of one mm. that has stuck with me for a while. Um, and just, it, it kind of, in, in those three parts, it kind of, you know, rejoice in hope. Um, you know, when, when, when good thing, when, when things are on the upswing, right. You know, that's, that's a time when yeah. you should be happy. 
uh, be patient in tribulation. You know, in that two months, I knew I had to be patient because I knew that, like I said, I knew I was good enough to, to play in this league. I knew there was a spot out there for me and having that mindset, uh, eventually came around and played in my favor and then be constant in prayer. Uh, that, I mean, like I said, it's, it, that, you know, being a strong prayer warrior was kind of my go-to, um, you know, weapon, if you will. Uh, just, for those just curious, months. just curious too. And if this is too personal, I can totally cut it out. But what, for you, how do you, what builds your prayer life? Like what fuels? Um, so a lot of it is, is thankfulness. Um, I would say thankfulness. And then, and it was really interesting to me because, because you guys have talked to Lynn, uh, our team chaplain. Great guy. Um, yeah. Big great fan. guy. Phenomenal guy. Uh, huge fan of Lynn. Uh, he, we, we put together, uh, or he, he, we put together a little, um, study group, if you will, a little Bible study group, um, like two years ago and we did it throughout the spring and we'd meet, we'd meet every other week and we were going through this book, um, that he, that he had. And it was, it was just different study lessons. And one of the, one of the, um, the lessons was, was on prayer and it basically was a deep dive into how Jesus knows mm. what we want to pray about, even if we don't want to pray about it, or we don't know that we need it. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of something like ever since I read that and read the verses, I can't remember the verses that go along with it. Now I've got the book somewhere, but ever since I read that section and kind of studied it, that's given me total confidence in my prayer life. Mm, that's um, awesome. whether, I, whether I, whether I'm asking the Lord for something or whether I don't know that I need something, he knows. He knows what I want. I don't have to ask for it. So, but, but to answer your question, thankfulness is a huge part just because, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm super thankful and, and don't take for granted the position that I'm in uh, just because I know that, that there's hundreds of guys out there trying to come and, and take my job as we speak. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's super, you know, I've got a strong family support system, a, a phenomenal fiance who is just so great to me. Um, you know, my brother getting drafted. I mean, that's a huge part uh, for me to be able to, to, to lead him and, and kind of see all his hard work pay off. So thankfulness. Right. And then, and then just, you know, um, I would say, I mean, it's, and, and, and it really comes down to maybe asking for, for the simple things, you know, just, just asking for, asking for forgiveness on a daily basis. Um, you know, I, I kind of, one of my go-tos is asking for safety, uh, just for, if I have people, uh, in my family that are traveling, um, uh, my mom, you know, she's getting some treatment for, uh, for if she's, uh, trying to get over her sickness, whatever it may be. Um, but the, you know, and, and, and there's a, and, and this is the last thing I'll say about it. There's one page on Instagram that I follow. Uh, it's a faith-based page and they posted a picture, I think it was back in February. Um, and it basically said, God doesn't care if you use big words to talk to him. He just wants you to talk to him. Mm, so good. That's good. 
And I, I try to repost it, you know, every now and then I, I you know, cause I feel like somebody out there can, you know, when they hear preachers or uh, players or whoever it may be, when they hear people pray uh, and they've got these real long five minute prayers, you know, what, you know, and they're using all these fancy words and talking about all these, you know, different that you're going off on all these different tangents, kind of like I'm doing right now. Um, that can, that can kind of make people uncomfortable or afraid to afraid to to get into prayer uh, mm, because they yeah. feel like they have to come up with this extravagant prayer or else God is not going to listen to them. You can, pr- I mean, you can literally you can pray while you're driving. I pray when I'm in the shower. I pray in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth. I'm praying all the time. I'm praying when I'm eating my breakfast. Love it. After I just bless the food. Yeah. So <laughs> it's you know what I'm saying it's oh, yeah. t- it's a constant thing. And it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process. So um, that's kind of one thing that I've been trying to push on, on, on my social media lately since I kind of, since I saw that picture. So, um, you know, if it can help one, if it can help one person, that's enough for me. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. No, I, I love that. And that's, that's so true where, you know, I remember when I was, you know, when I was young, I used to thought, okay, you need to close your eyes. You need to fold your hands. You need like be sitting down to pray. And like, and that's, you know, it's not true. Like God's always listening to you. And you right. know, it, it's, it's this all encompassing thing. It's this ongoing conversation just throughout whenever. Um, and I, and I love what you said about asking for the little things. Like God wants to hear those, the desires of our hearts too, even something so small. And absolutely you know, God says like, you know, if you ask for it, you shall receive it if you believe. Uh, and there's so, there's so much power in that. So I, I love that. I think prayer is something that oftentimes we, you know, we sort of haze over and skip over, but it's, it's so powerful because it's, it's, you're communicating with the creator of the universe and that Absolutely. has so much power in that for sure. So you, you've mentioned a few, um, but who have been integral people in your life and your walk with Christ? Uh, great question. I would say my parents first and foremost. Um, and then uh, one of my pastors growing up, his name was Thomas Hammond. Um, and then I would say next to him is probably Lynn. Mm. Uh, these past three years, I mean, I, I've probably grown more in my, in my personal faith in these past three years with Lynn than I did, I mean, ever before. So he has been so great for me. Um, mm. And then also great for my fiance. I, got, I think I mentioned before that uh, Lynn and his wife are doing our like premarital counseling stuff. So that's mm, been going awesome. great. Yeah. Uh, they're just, they're, they're, they're great people. Um, we love them. They love us. And he, he's been so good for me. So uh, yeah, I would say those are probably the, the, the top four, four people for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, a little follow-up question before I turn over to Noah for something he had to, to ask is, you know, has there been anybody in your life that maybe um, that you've been the role model for them, that you've uh, been able to maybe lead them? Yeah, I would say my brother. Um, mm. He was kind of in the same position as me coming out of high school. Um, and he was pretty involved in the FCA program uh, at, at the, at our high school that we went to. Um, and then I, I kind of just, we, we, we spent a year at LSU together. 
or almost a year, the, the second half of 15 through the football season. Go Tigers. And, um, go Tigers, that's right. And um, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that he stayed on track. Um, I didn't want him to make the same mistakes that I did when I had just got, got when I got to school. So um, probably my brother. And then I think there's, you know, nobody super specific, but there's been a handful of guys that I feel like I've touched a little bit, um, you know, over the past, you know, three or four years uh, through the bills um, that I feel have, have grown with their faith. Uh, and I feel, you know, not, I'm not taking credit for it, but I do like to feel that I've had um, some, I've, I've helped them along the way, whether it's inviting them to a Bible study or, you know, a, you know, asking them how I can pray for them. And I've kind of seen a couple guys flourish uh, through that. So it kind of gives me a good feeling whenever I see that for sure. Absolutely. That's so good. And I, I love hearing you just talk, talk about Len for our listeners, just listening. If you haven't listened to the episode about Len with Len Vandenboss, really encourage all of you to go back and listen because for sure somebody like Reed in Lorenzo, who's, who's been on as well. Like Len has just impacted so much. And I, I've just seen that. So it's great to hear that. So how'd you end up with the bills? Reed, tell us a little about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I, like I kind of mentioned before I came out uh, in the 2016 draft. Um, and that was kind of a wild, I say it was a wild three days. Obviously I wasn't getting taken on the first two days, but, um, (laughs) I had kind of, you know, I'd heard, I had my, you know, ranking system for all the teams based on all different factors, contract, you know, age of the snapper who I thought, you know, where did I think, I could win the job, all these, you know, who have I heard from? How many calls have I got from these people? Um, you know, didn't do the combine, didn't get invited to the senior bowl combine, whatever, wow. you know, all the stuff that my brother got invited to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and he got drafted. So he's, and he got a national three, title, so right? And, yeah, that's four. That makes four. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely, yeah, he's beating me out at the moment, but um, well, we'll, we'll see what happens this fall when you play him twice. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Week two and week 17. I've got them marked down. Yes, sir. Um, Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, shoot. I kind of, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, um, that's our bad. <laughs> are you good? Uh, sorry. What you can cut this out. What was the question? I it completely was, lost my train of thought. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, how'd you end up with the bills? Yes. Okay. So, um, <laughs> all right. So I'll, I'll rewind. Uh, so, uh, went through the, went through the draft, had my ranking process down, uh, had teams ranked, uh, one through 32 and here, you know, here comes draft day. It's, it's the third day of the draft. I was like, you know, I'm, this is the day, you know, I'm going to end up somewhere, you know, whether I get drafted or undrafted, I was like, I know I'm going somewhere. So, you know, we're waiting, 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 draft starts, draft starts, uh, 12 o'clock that day. Okay. There goes the fourth round. There goes the fifth round. Haven't heard anything. Sixth round mm-hmm. comes around. Get a call from the Lions coach. Hey, you know, we're coming up. Uh, I'm fighting for you. Blah, blah, wow. blah. You know, we'll we'll see if we can scoop you up. Okay, sounds great. And like 20 picks later, they're up, and they pick a different snapper. Oh. I was like, what the heck is going on? 
heartbreaking. Um, That's awful. I know. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, because that snapper is actually, he never actually played, uh, a regular season game for them. He, wow. Apparently that preseason, he played the first two games, I think. Um, and then re injured a shoulder injury that they didn't know that he had or something like that. Uh, That's the story I got. Hmm. And they cut him, or they put him on IR for the season, and cut him, and he never played. Never played. Wow. Never got picked up uh, again. So, um, yeah, in your face, Detroit. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's another, 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 another story for another day. Um, so the draft ends. You know, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I'm like, you know, I wish I got drafted. But the 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 plus side, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that. Um, a lot of guys would, you know, sometimes it's better to go undrafted because if you've got multiple teams calling, you mm-hmm. can choose the best option for you, you know, where you feel like is your best option instead of being a late yeah. round pick. And this is kind of more yeah. for fringe guys at other positions, you know, like a late round receiver, late round linebacker. And you're like, okay, well, I'm number seven on the list. You know, am I really going to make it? But I don't have another choice because I got drafted to this team. Um, so I got a call from Washington and I got a call from the bills. Uh, the bills were offering me basically a spot to compete, uh, for the job all the way through training camp and the Redskins, um, wanted me to, uh, come in and basically just, uh, do like the rookie mini camp, um, and, and then after that, they would they would see if they wanted to keep me around. So just like a mini tryout they were giving you? Basically a tryout, yeah. So that, that made the decision pretty easy. But on top of that, my agent uh, only represented one uh, other long snapper at the time, and he was Washington's long snapper. Wow. <laughs> so that made the decision pretty easy. Drama. I didn't want to go there. Yeah, I didn't want to cause any, any, any rift with anybody because I, I knew the guy – I was, I was friends with them, so I didn't want to cause any, any unnecessary drama. So that kind of made the decision easy for me to go to Buffalo. So what is a, what is a common misconception about long snappers? That's a great question. Um, and I, I, I know you, you guys kind of sent me the, the question list ahead of time, and I didn't really have, <laughs> I didn't really have a great answer to come up with this. Um, the only thing I would say is that um, – practice it it takes so much practice to be good Hmm. and I think that that's something that that people that a lot of people don't understand and it's not they're not at fault for that just because the the average person doesn't know I get asked all the time they're like they're like oh you're the snapper so you snap it to the quarterback I'm like do I look like I'm 300 pounds (laughs) no (laughs) right I don't play offensive line so So, is that is that a punch um, at Mitch Morse there (laughs) Well, Mitch is a—he's pretty fit O line. I mean, he's pretty in shape. Um, I love—I love Mitch. He's a great dude. But uh, no, I mean, I mean, it's—it's—it's—it's not—I I don't even know. It's a different the, position. The average—the average football fan is probably fifty-fifty whether they know what a snapper is and what <laughs> you know what are. So um, you know, I always say if you don't know who I am, I'm probably doing my job right because i haven't messed up mm. yeah if you know who the snapper is and it's 
not a good thing. That's not a good thing because he's probably <laughs> screwing up and you're probably not going to see him on the team for very long. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of, if you know who I am in a bad light, tell me because I, I need to fix something. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Oh man. So we're still in the middle of coronavirus as we're shooting this. So what has been yep. in, like, been like this off season pros and cons of both? Yeah. So a lot of the kind of the biggest change for me was basically just, um, trying to conjure up this garage gym, if you will, and kind of not being able to go out and kind of do all the normal stuff, sure. um, at, at, you know, at the gym, the one or two gyms that I go to around, around my house here. But, uh, that's kind of the, that, that was kind of the biggest, you know, as far, I mean, I guess the other big change was like not going out to eat, I guess, but, um, definitely learned how to cook some different stuff because I had to branch out, uh, <laughs> yeah, on different, sure. different, uh, different recipes. But, um, no, I mean, it, you know, it, I think it was a time to, you know, there's time and place for everything, but definitely had some time to kind of stop and reflect and, and kind of just think about where I was um, sure. in kind of all aspects of life. I think it was a great time for me to kind of sit back and spend some quality time with my brother because he lived here and did his training and stuff uh, oh, cool. here with me this spring. Um, and just kind of, you know, just kind of reflect, um, you know, it's everybody's life kind of got put on pause. Uh, and you know, for, uh, I say this kind of, um, not in a mean way, not in a bad way, but, uh, I mean, George has been open for over a month now. So we're kind of, we're kind of inching, you know, almost back <laughs> to what we were before. I know New York sure. is kind of, kind of behind the ball a little bit, but we're, we're getting there, <laughs> getting there, getting there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, football it's, it, yeah, I, I hear you on that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, fortunate not to be in a position where my job wasn't really, was really affected. I mean, we didn't have the off season program and stuff like that, but, uh, that was kind of the biggest, I guess the biggest change was not, not going to Buffalo in April, like I usually do. Sure. Yeah. So, I know you mentioned um, getting together with with a couple of your teammates earlier. Um, well, we saw you know we saw Josh Allen. He got together with his teammates in Florida, and as we talked about a little earlier, you are not the guy that snaps the ball to the quarterback. So you know you weren't really in that conversation. I did not go to Miami. That's right. Yeah. Um, ah. so have, you, have you been able to work out with with other teammates during this time and everything over the past few months? Yeah, so um, I, like I mentioned before, uh, Corey Vedvik and Tyler Bass um, are somewhat uh, local, maybe regional, I guess you could say, because they're okay. both about two and a half hours from me here in Atlanta. So most Saturdays since the draft, um, you know, we've probably six or seven times we've been able to get together uh, out on one of the local high school fields around here and um, – get together and do some kicking and, and punting and snapping, of course. So uh, that's kind of been really fun for me as far as just keeping that player interaction um, just because we're not in Buffalo going through our normal practice stuff right now. So, um, sure. Sure. yeah, that's that. Yeah, we've been able to – fortunate we've been able to get together a couple times. Yeah, that's cool. Has your brother joined you when you've gone and done that? 
Yeah, a couple times. And then he also has made um, made a trip down to Miami to go uh, meet up with his guys that, that live down oh, there, punter and, cool. punter and kicker down there. So uh, he's awesome. doing his, his due diligence to, to kind of build his uh, rapport with those guys as well. Sure. Following up with that, what, what does it mean for you to have your brother in the NFL now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it is so cool. Um, you know, I think it's <laughs> something that I don't even know what the chances are, uh, of this even happening. I mean, Pretty slim <laughs> brothers, you know, same college, you know, drafted as a snapper, uh, and then same division. I mean, I don't even, who knows what, I mean, somebody can do the odds on it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy the position that, that we're in right now. Uh, and then to be able to play him twice a year is, is awesome. So squish the fish, uh, wish him the best, wish him the best, squish the fish and, uh, <laughs> we're, you know, try to go two and oh against him this year. Oh, I love it. No, that's, that's awesome. That, that must be such a blessing to, to be able to do that. And especially, you know, get some time to train with your brother. And I'm sure that was hard for him at being drafted and not getting, you know, training camp and stuff like that for his team. So to be able to yeah. have you maybe walk him through, you know, what's it like to be disciplined and train and what do you need to do? And, you know, what is, you know, what is your team going to be looking for from you and how is it going to be different from college? I'm sure that was super helpful for him. So that's, that's awesome to hear you've been able to do that for sure. Yep. Yeah. So do you have any final remarks or thoughts for our listeners? Uh, nope. Just, uh, enjoyed, enjoyed all the, you guys asked some good questions. So, uh, I've, I've been on some podcasts that, that kind of ask some, some bland questions, uh, but yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys are good. You guys are good. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Thank you. We really appreciate appreciate that. It. It's, it's been a, it's been a blessing to, to get to know you a little bit, hear some of your story. Um, and I always tell Noah at the very least, this was a blessing for me, just learning some from you and, and helping me to recognize that, yeah. You are an NFL player, but you're also a normal guy and you've got a, you know, you've got a, you've got a life outside of that. And that's, that's super important. So it's been fun to learn a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm just a normal dude who happens to be good at snapping a ball under his legs. <laughs> so you treat that's me awesome. like any, any old random Joe on the street. I'm just a normal guy. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being with us today, Reed. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to help. Wow, so good. Thanks so much, Reed. Appreciate you being here with us. Um, Noah, what was some of your follow-up, some of your thoughts on that interview with Reed? Yeah, I mean, Reed, you killed it. You're so, you're so much fun to have on the sweat room. Uh, just even when you're talking about you beating Reggie Bush at FIFA, that cracks me up Multiple time. times. Multiple times. And you heard it here first, folks. Reed <laughs> is claiming to be the best FIFA player in the NFL. So any other guys out there, challenge him. We'd love to see it happen. That is bold, Reed. So maybe we'll have to set up something thing to see others beat him but i don't know but yeah reed you killed it man i i think one of my favorite things that you talked about was just the one of your favorite bible verses was romans 12 12 uh and i'm just gonna read it just rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on praying uh, and what a fitting verse for for this time that we're in um just just to consistently be in that and that his prayer life is just surrounded in thankfulness and then he also quoted from one of the instagram pages that he he follows god doesn't care if you use 
big words to talk to him. He just cares that you talk to him. Mm. And I just, how fitting that is. So, yeah. Bjorn, what were some of your thoughts? Yeah, well, first, when, when Reese said that quote, doesn't, God doesn't care if you use big words, he just wants you to talk to him, it reminded me of when I was at summer camp and I was a leader. Oh, this is maybe two years ago. And we open up first night, and I ask if one of, it was a Christian camp, I asked if one of the boys wanted to lead us, close us out in prayer. And one of the guys, hand went in the air, and I was like, sure, yeah, go ahead. And he starts <laughs> out, and he says, what's up, God, how you doing? Uh, and from there, the whole cabin just erupted in laughter. But it was a great lesson. It's like, yeah, you can talk to God like that. Right. It's just you have a relationship with him. So I, I just reminded me of that little story. Um, but I loved it. You know, our motto here, get it, got it, give it. Uh, we see clearly that Reed has really been training these past three years. He says he's grown more in the past three years, being with the Buffalo Bills in this stage of life with his fiance and everything than he has uh, before that. So I just love that he's still learning. He's still training. He's going to Bible study. He's doing all those things. It's super awesome. Um, and giving it like he's training others. You know, he talked about the impact that um, that he's had on some of his Bills teammates by just loving them, being there for them, um, being a you know a person they can talk to and how, you know he can listen to them. And also uh, with his brother, just right out of high school, he's like, man, and he said this is that I don't want my brother to make the same mistakes I did. I want him to stay on right. track and being able to train his brother in sort of the ways that he should go and some of the temptations that maybe playing football at LSU has right. um, was so good. And I, I love that he. You know, he has this wisdom, he has this experience, he has the love of Christ inside of him, and Reed's like, I don't want to keep it to myself. That right. doesn't do any good. Let's let's give it to others. Let's, you know, share this hope that I have in Christ. And that was just super impactful to me, and I love just the boldness that he had with all of that. Totally. So, and now there's two of them, two brothers. Now there's two of them, the Ferguson brothers. So we the will new see, Gronkowskis. What was it, week two and week 17? Yes. We will see what happens. Squish the fish. Squish the fish. So, sorry, Blake, but we're rooting for Reed at this point. Maybe if we have you on the podcast later, then we can root for you a little bit, too. So next week, Noah, who do we interview next week? Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to bring a little bit of Broncos country to Bill's Mafia next oh, week. Oh, man. Oh, my. Those are threatening words. But next week, man, I am so excited to bring Broncos offensive lineman Dalton Reisner. Such a good guy. He's got his own foundation. He's, he's the epitome of leadership on and off the field. Here's a little bit of our interview with Dalton Reisner. Um, I truly believe that, you know, we were all down here for one purpose. You know, First Peter 4.10 talks about each, each of us receiving a gift and mm-hmm. us using that gift uh, to serve God as faithful stewards of his grace in various forms, man. And um, my testimony is a little bit different. Um, but one thing I do want to put across real quick is I do believe I'm playing in the National Football League uh, because that's what God's plan was for me. I didn't work hard to be six foot five, 300 pounds. I, I think I told Noah a week ago, I, I worked real hard to be 300 pounds because I just love to eat. Thank you for listening to the Sweat Room Podcast. Remember to get it, got it, and give it. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesley and Church. 